0: Beautiful people across the globe, we just want to welcome you to another edition of D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback, with Sharika, Sabrina, and E.B. What's good, Kickback family? It's your boy, E.B., and I'm here with two of my favorite people, Sharika and Sabrina. And I just start off usually with myself in normal modes. Uh, but today I want to do something different. Instead of you, instead of me telling you my temperature, I want to give you guys a words of wisdom. And I know we usually do expound at the end and Sabrina gave us a beautiful, either a quote or a phrase or something to live by. But I want to change up my temperature for right now, which is not an actual temperature or a number, but it is to live out the life that God has called you to live simple and plain and i'll expound on it later but live out the life that god has called you to live i don't have a number for you guys but whatever is perfection in your mind that is warm weather because i know some of y'all like cold weather so that's not perfection for me or perfection anywhere because i don't even think evan talk about cold weather so it's not perfection um but then it might be cold though, because he definitely tell us how hot hell is. <laughs> so hot weather probably ain't any. God darn it. Um, yeah. So I'm just going. Yeah, I ain't got a number today. It's the number that I gave you last week, whatever that is. That's my temperature. And I know I said that I had a song. I would have a song for y'all this week. But there is like not one song that's just like. Locked in, where I want to share with the masses. It was a few songs that I heard today as I was at a celebration of life for someone, but I don't want to give y'all none of those. Um, because some of y'all don't even go to church just because I know some of the people who listen. Um, but I don't got nothing for you. Go listen to something from Maverick City and be blessed or be best. In the words of former First Lady Melania Trump, be best. Go
1: back to season (laughs) one of the kickback. I love to see it,
0: Sabrina.
2: Do s with my girl Melania. In hindsight, I really did because she said, "Let my words be few, be best, y'all, <laughs> and keep it <laughs> well, um, I guess I'll go. <laughs> Evie, you're a delight, and I have to tell the people it is. Well, it's not, it is rare that someone outside of like my family will bring me to tears situations can bring me to tears pretty easy, but like someone like a jester that they do, I'm pretty like, you know, even kill. But I got back from vacation and Evie was like, Hey, did you guys get anything in the mail? And we hadn't checked them out. So I go to my mailbox and I see this package. You guys, why is there a shirt in this package that is perfect from me? And it says, it's a beautiful day to be a black woman. And it's from EB and it, You know what? I'm not going to lie. It did bring me to tears because Black women, we go through so much. And I know this is not what today's episode is about, but just to get like an encouragement from a friend, one. But then from a black man, when a lot of society is like, oh, well, black men prefer everybody but black women and they don't give a crap about, which we already know, Evie cares about all people. And not, EB has never given that energy that I just alluded to. But that just really felt good and made me, made my day and it made me cry. Even my husband, he saw it, he was like, amen. I was like, that's right, babe. It is a beautiful day <laughs> black woman. So EB... You were the little cherry on our ice cream sundae to cap off our little vacation high. And I want to say thank you and acknowledge it to all the people. Oh, I'm thank in a you, great. Sue. No, thank you. Evie's literally one of the most thoughtful people we know. And Judith is one of the luckiest women in the world. I had to say one of, cause you know, I got to say I'm the luckiest cause I got my Doug. There you, you know, go. I can't <laughs> have Doug side eyeing me after the podcast. <laughs> But she's definitely one of the luckiest, top 2%, top 1% for sure. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. My vibe is, I don't know if y'all have heard this song, Finesse. Not Bruno Mars, not Cardi B. It's with this Nigerian mm-hmm. musical artist. And he's like, ah, Finesse.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that is my vibe when we were snorkeling in Jamaica and like, we just kept hearing this song when we went down to the seven mile beach and everybody would go crazy for it. And I was like, yes. And Doug knew it because when I went on my friend's bachelorette week- weekend in Houston, we were going crazy for this song. And then it was just like the, the energy of the whole trip. Now what he's talking about, I don't know, because one line he says, if you fall in love, girl is certain you go chop breakfast. I'm not Catherine. So I'm like, is he saying if she falls in love with him, she's gonna be cooking him breakfast? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. That part of the song is not like the part that gets everybody hype. It's definitely that chorus. And I think what he means when he says, if I broke, not my business is like, you know what? It doesn't I don't care about going break as long as I have the love of my life to share. Well, he says the night with. I'm gonna share my life with. And that was the vacation. Yes, it was all inclusive. Yes, we're doing the excursions and all the things. So, hey, if I go broke, not my business. I got to share it with my man's, and it was incredible. So, I'm still on my little vacation high. Sharika, how you feeling?
1: Well, I thought this whole time that person was saying happiness, not finess. <laughs> <laughs> girl, I thought he was saying
2: happiness. <laughs> no, he's saying ah finess. Girl, I, I thought that it was song happiness so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was rocking with you in your little video, so I'm ah, happy you. Happiness. I thought then it sounds like it could be happiness now, though. But um, It does. It does. Okay, thank you, friend. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you're back safely. And I, too, was the lovely recipient of a wonderful shirt from EB. And the shirt that EB got me said. Man, I'm not going to quote it right. But it said something to this. It said, like, drinking my water, protecting my peace, and minding my business. Now, I can relate. But also, Amen. TV, is this an encouragement to me to drink my water, protect my peace, and mind my business? This is what I would <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would say definitely, but that's also for any listener as well. And I say that, um, one, because like as I'm looking and I sent y'all the link of the website, um, from cultural vibes. I don't know the lady. I wish I did. I just know it's a black woman, black home business, um, from a black female, but I was like, I felt like these just fit both of y'all from just conversations that I've either had or even conversations we've had on the pod or even our side conversations pre or post recording. Um, and part of it is cause, like, so those three things for you protect your peace because sometimes you do let other things get the best of you and part of that is because of your compassionate or generous spirit that you just have and you love in the best way equality and equity and i know sometimes people try to merge those two things together but those two are two different things Mm -hmm. you just want the right things for people and even in your role right now like being somebody who works at hr you see a lot of things that may or may not be right um, and we're going to go into that because it's not a work conversation but just hoping for the best but at the same time protect your peace but also it'd be stuff that be going on at the same time that you like that's just none of my business I'll let them figure it out they got to learn or I had to learn and this I tried to give them advice and I'm not seeming to get through to them so I can't force them to take my advice so I'm just mind my business and drinking water is just a good for everybody
1: love uh, i you know what, Ebi? I agree with every sentiment that you just say. You're right. You're right about it all. And I appreciate the shirt, and I'm looking forward to wearing it. Um, my, this, uh, I'm about to be talking about the state of my soul. Listen, y'all. Get into a class meeting and get into the word of God and find you. Amen. Crazy. I'm about to tell you the state of my soul.
2: Ooh. Shout out. To our former small group leaders, by the way, who, uh, he has been a guest on the pod, but he, you know, popped up in our small group yesterday, which was virtual. And I love seeing you, Major Cam.
1: So, sending you and Major Paula all the love. Yes, it was, it was a good time. So, not the state of my soul, but also my temp. My temp is good. My temp is 75. I, you know what, EB, I had never thought about the temperature of heaven, but I feel like the temperature of heaven would be whatever is the most comfortable for each individual. I feel like it's auto-tuned to your to your spirit and your soul. So that's what I'm going with. I'm going with 75. And I have a song today. It is Goodness of God. And if you don't know it, let me just give you the chorus. It says, um, well, I don't think this is the chorus, but I'll just say this part. All my life, you've been faithful. And all my life, you've been so Mm. good. So good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God, and that's what I'm just going to be doing. It's just singing of the goodness Amen. of God because the Lord is good. So that is my tap. and I'm excited uh, to be with my people, of course. And we're going to talk to you about uh, the oh the you series. I don't know if y'all been catching up on these little docu series on Netflix. I forget what they're called. Untold, I think this is what they're called. But we watched the one about the N1. And, and if you don't know N1, it's a short little documentary, one hour. Get into it. But it was about, <laughs> it's about the street ball culture. Cause it was more than just street ball. It was more than clothing. It was shoes. It was all the things street ball, um, that, That was taken over for the nine nine and the two thousand. So, if you was around or young in those days, you heard of N one. I personally wasn't wearing the N one, but I my brother was fully into the N one, and he had all the shirts and the thing so I was interested when I saw there was a little documentary about it I was like, what did happen to Anne one so I wanted to check that out I invited my <laughs> um my co-host co-host of the pod to join me so we're going to share with you guys about the An one dot. Sabrina's going to help me be chronological because I, I might be all over
2: <laughs> well I'll start then by saying when you invited us to join you um, and we shared a little bit about our background on the pod before, but you know where I was socially and economically because I was like, what's and one? <laughs> like when it started, I was like, okay, what is this? Um, I really couldn't recall what it was. And they had like the dramatic music and this man mm-hmm. smoking a blunt. And then they mentioned the man named skip to my Lou hot mm-hmm. sauce. And I saw a bunch of black people. So I said, okay, I'm sold. I don't know what Anne one is, but I'm ready. Let's get into it. And then right before they run the credits, this guy's like, I don't know what happened to it. And I was a part of it. And I said, well, dang, sir, let me just get some popcorn and settle in because this is going to be good. Evie, how did you feel like with that intro or did you already know? Well, probably but I don't want to assume what's your background with Anne one.
0: Yeah, so definitely. Um, it is the same thing that if you watch the documentary or those who may have already watched it, you're hearing us talk about it. You would know that and one is a basketball term used for when a person gets fouled, where like basically a person get hit, they make it, and then the ball goes in and you'd be like and one. So in basketball, even for those of you who are basketball fans, when somebody makes the ball, when they make it after they get fouled, they'll go to the free throw line. And that if they make the free throw, that's essentially what some would consider, um, an and one, mm. so to speak. For me, my background with it was all familiar. Now, it was something that I was just always amazed by. Like, I play basketball. I love basketball. I would say I'm an average fan of basketball. But some of the moves that you would see people from A1 make or play, that was really never – uh, my style of play Um and part of it was just the talent level or the capability of doing it, doing it like we did streetball. But it was nothing on the level that you saw from either their tours or the stuff that happens at the Rucker um or just in that northeast part of our country, because their basketball, it's just slightly different from, I would say, from the south. But it was something that I was familiar with. Now, the rise of it definitely was around for it. Didn't even think about the fall too much. I just felt like it faded. So to watch this documentary was very, very, it was very, very helpful. Really? It was like it just it disappeared and one
1: day. And I, it was like it never existed. And I totally forgot about it. And I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. And I was, until this documentary, I did not know what the N1 was. I did not know what that meant. I just thought that I just noticed the brand. But I didn't know that that was actually a basketball term until I watched the video or the documentary.
2: I didn't know it either, Shrika. I also didn't know that, you know, it started, well, the documentary at least started with people of color. And then I found out it's built on the Blacks so of three weren't whites. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. So then I was even more into this story because it started out like it just felt so like familiar. Even though I wasn't familiar with Anwan, I'm definitely familiar with neighborhood basketball and the culture around that and it just being very popular and a thing to hang out like the guy was saying you know you'll fill up a park stands with just neighborhood teams playing with each other on basketball against each other and then there's like these three guys from ivy ivy League. So it's like two from warren and one from stanford like oh yeah we built this it's like okay here we go. And then I found out they made 1.6 million in sales, awesome t-shirt slogans. And I said, okay, Kit Dad, we can come up with some. <laughs> Let's get into it.
1: You know what? I love, you know, that would be so fun. That would be fun to come up. Cause the when the guy was just sitting there writing down his little slogan. I was like, that's creative. I like that. So, if you haven't seen it or you're not familiar with the N1 brand, so what? So basically, what Sabrina was saying is, these these guys, they were into basketball culture themselves, and they weren't obviously going to the league and. They basically were like, oh, this working stuff, it ain't for us. And the one guy's like, I really like basketball. If I could do that all day, that's what I would do. So then he got with a friend who got with a friend. And they all three came up with this and one brand. I love that the original, like the logo was a gray man. I love that he didn't have no color mm-hmm. and he didn't have no face. I love that. And so it, was, it was mm-hmm. this gray man with abs and little shorts on, and he would be, like, basically trash-talking because that's what happened a lot, you know, in street ball, that they would just trash-talk. So the shirts would be this gray man doing different, you know, poses or whatever, and with little street-talking phrases or, you know. So that's what Sabrina was talking about. So then, so these – go ahead, Sabrina. I was wondering if
2: Evie was familiar with a lot of those slogans because I – to learn what and one was from the documentary, but those other like basketball slogans and, all the slogans and like the street talk.
0: Yeah, definitely. So some of them, I would say, cause he's, he only, he only said a few of the ones that he said, but he said he had around like 30 of them or so, but some of them were just, it's funny that, and I'm like, I won't say that he did or did not come up with all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just funny that mm-hmm. some of the same ones that he used, what seems to be, um, like mid to late nineties or when, cause he was saying he was using it as he played pickup basketball. Those were some of the same phrases that I grew up at our local boys and girls club in Winter Haven saying or in neighborhood playing pickup basketball in Inwood or even elementary and middle school. Like those were some of the same things that you would say to another person. So it was just interesting. And I know that culture transcends state boundaries. Um, and some stuff that's made up even here in Florida, right? It becomes lingo for creative artists rappers singers all over the all over the world and it's like that started in florida like nobody was saying that before people in florida said it you know so it, it was just dope just to see how basketball just transcends um mm-hmm. state boundaries so simply mm-hmm.
2: i liked those slogans i was like let me get one do they still sell the
1: t-shirt i know we should probably what? on what's the the ebay or something probably got some some in one shirt mm-hmm.
0: I'm mm-hmm. saying with those slogans, probably not just because of how ancient they look. The and <laughs> one is definitely still up and running. Like you can find them at most of your local Walmarts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's me. regular t-shirts.
2: You're going to hit them with the ancient.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, <to>, it's <laughs> not it, well, like you look at like some of the timelines of this, the documentary was like 2000 this, 2000. am like 2000? Because like sometimes in the back of my mind, 2000. 2005, whatever, they seem like just the other day. And so I'd be like, oh, that was over 20 years ago or whatever, you know. I'm like, it, so it's sometimes I'd be like ancient, but you're right, it is ancient. And, and these kids these days I don't know nothing about that in one.
0: Just think, yeah. and, and I, I don't want to say too much on the ancient topic, but just think, in a two weeks, well, by the time this release, in a, two weeks or so, or sometime in se- this month in September, or whatnot. Sometime this month in September, there will be kids who will be buying alcohol for the first time as a twenty one year old, legally at least, and they weren't here for nine eleven. Like stuff like that blows me away.
2: Oh wow. Didn't even and, think about and that. And I'm like,
0: I'm really getting old. <laughs> like oh. just like just thinking of these type of moments that I like when people say, Oh, I was in middle school, I was in high school, I was doing this like I can start saying that to kids, like, You weren't even born when I was in middle school getting this information. See Which is that's a lot, but
2: that's why that live, laugh, love ain't a joke. It ain't. You really gotta do it. Yeah. You really gotta do it. Um so I was interested how they start with the T-shirts and they're like, oh, you know, at first we were selling out of our car and then they're like, after $1.6 million worth of sales, I was like, dang. Granted, they did have business degrees and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then they decided they they wanted to expand their business and they got into the shoes. And it was mm-hmm. at this part that I was like, oh yeah, I remember And one, I had to see the shoes. So even though I, I don't come from like a sneaker Sneakerhead culture per se. Even I recognize the shoes; they were dope. I love how one of the uh, guys was like, "You know, I noticed that the kids like to wear two different sneakers growing up, so I designed the sneakers so they look like that." And like, just how much money is in the machine of like sneakers, especially like athletic brands? So I was excited for what they were doing with their business, but then. My guy had it break his ankle. I was just so, gonna say, wait, friends, the breaking the
1: ankle was first. The breaking <laughs> the ankle was before they got the cute <laughs> shoes. They made these shoes, and what was the guy's name? Steph- Stephon Marbury. Yeah, I, I remember it, his yeah. name. Was it so? From what it looked like, I don't know if this was dramatic effect or is this really. E B Maybe you could tell me. Was that really that man's first game out there?
0: Yeah, that was definitely his first game. Like See? so. So, Stefan Marbury and people who, any sport, right? Think of the sport that you like. Um, think of somebody who is great at that sport. Think about them coming out of college and being arguably one of the best players to, to come out of that draft class. And you can go look up Stephon Marbury. You can go look at his highlights. He played for various teams throughout the NBA, Minnesota Timberwolves, New York Knicks, Phoenix Suns, a few different teams. And he was really that guy. Like, he was that dude. You can look up, even for us. Like I'll say, Sabrina Sharika, after we get done recording, I like would say just put his name in the YouTube and just put in Stefan Marbury highlights and you'll see how talented he is and was. And of course, his NBA career was cut shorter than what many people have wanted. Um, but he went to China and he was basically, he is basically the Michael Jordan of China. Like as he played cross seas, winning championship after championship, he walks there, he's known as if he's the greatest basketball player ever because not every person gets to watch NBA TV or have those type of capabilities. But you watch Stephon Mulberry play even when he was here in the in the NBA, but his China um, overseas, I guess, performances have led him to be one of the greatest players to ever play um, in the China basketball leagues. So he still, he still made it happen, but that was his first game of the season.
2: So that- Can we truly blame the shoe design on his ankle breaking?
0: Um, I would say yes and no. And I'm Dang. saying yes and no, because is, po- is it possible? Yes, it's definitely possible. Like, there, if if it's bad shoes, you will know. Like, you can look up bad athlete shoes where you see, like, shoes literally rip off its soul. I don't know the quality of the shoe that he received, so I can't say that it was actually that shoe. But it definitely is possible for that to happen. Now, to watch other athletes even post him get drafted, play in those same shoes, not have injuries, it could just simply just be a freak accident, and it just sucks because you just – Never know, like, why these things happen, especially, especially day one, right? Like, that's just tough.
2: Day one. And was it Sharika two weeks before? So the, the team had made a commercial because they're going to roll out their shoes in the beginning, the first stages. And in the commercial, they had this famous basketball player, quote unquote, break, breaking ankles of other people because he's in the shoes and he's moving so effortlessly. But then in the first game, he broke his ankle. Dang.
1: Yep. Yeah. So this is their first shoe that they're coming out with. And they so their goal was to like, they're up against Nike. They want to be the new Nike. They want to beat Nike. So Nike, of course, you know, has Jordan. So they picked a new guy on town that's going to be the next big thing, Stephon Marbury. And that's and then, that, like Sabrina said, he had his little commercial. He so his first game in the NBA, he was a, you know, one of the first, uh, if not first round draft pick You know, I don't know the thing. So I'm just, I think that's what they said. And then his first game snaps his little ankle. And I was like, dang, I feel so bad for them. I feel so bad for them. And this whole time, I'm still rooting in one. I'm still rooting for in one. So then, you know, they say, you know what? Let's put the uh, shoe game on pause. Because obviously we not up to snuff yet. Because uh, we done got this man with a broken ankle on the first shoe. So they they go back to... um. They go back to, you know, basketball, and so uh, the other thing that they were doing, um, they were seeing that they did not, they're not cornering the market in the NBA because their first person then broke his ankle, so they get it, they find a tape of street ball, and they see these guys on the street, uh, you know, in the cities playing basketball, but they're very creative, as Evie was saying, and they're doing all these moves and not any legal basketball moves, but all these trick moves and all these cool moves. And they're like, you know what? This is an untapped market. This is where we'll go. And so they go there and they they had this genius idea, which I think is really cool. They made a mixtape. So normally, and I'm not, I like music, but I'm not fully, Deep into the music culture, where you know, but a lot of uh, up and coming. I well, I don't think it's. I know a lot of even celebrity music musicians have mixtapes, but I know a lot of underground people they have a mixtape with music. So they t- took video footage of these street ball games and they put it with these um, up and coming musicians and music, and they made a mixtape with basketball players uh, doing these cool moves to cool music. And they just gave the tapes out. They just gave them out, made the tapes and gave them out, gave them out. People were so astonished. They were like, wow, this is so cool. This is so crazy. This is so exciting. The energy of the crowds and all the things. So people just fell in love and they were like, when are we going to get another one? Y'all got to do another one. You got to do another one. So they decided to let's expand this. Obviously, we're getting some traction with this. Let's expand this. They decided to, uh, if I'm right uh, in timeline wise, Sabrina, let me know, uh, take it on the road and, uh, pick up players and, um, in the streetball culture, they, you know, they give people nicknames. So that's where Sabrina's talking about hot sauce, skip to my loo loo. These were names of, um, just, you know some of the street ball players that would be, you know, playing basketball with their cool moves, and so they would have cool names. And they took it on tour. They made another tape. Then they decide they got with, uh, I believe, ESPN, and you know, they just they just took this whole thing. It was not just from state to state; it became worldwide. They made a TV show of getting the next player. It was, it was incredible. It really was incredible. They talked about going from sharing hotel rooms to being first class on planes and having tour buses. It literally blew up. And so then they, well, in the midst of all that, that's when they started back with the shoes. Now the shoes are selling out. The t-shirts are selling out. These guys are getting. Notably recognized because everybody's watching the tapes and everybody's just, just in awe of these cool moves and the talent of these men that are playing and one or playing under the banner of and one.
2: How did you guys feel as you saw that that part of the story develop? Because we hear one of the um, participants participants who's from the culture right who's from the games and everything and he's explaining the street basketball is like hip-hop hip-hop art mm-hmm. graffiti break dancing all in one with the crowd being the music and it's not about winning it's about style and you have like this company that's becoming a million dollar company company and they started out giving these people six grand and having them share a room and i was just like Where's the Ivy League mummy? Or maybe they should break some ankles, some more ankles. <laughs> so that is the part of the documentary that I was like, oh, no, where is this going? Because I'm getting a sense that we're, I mean, I don't want to jump to the end. I'm from one of the one of the statements that we hear at the end is poverty pumping. Um, so I saw them profiting off of the culture. But we're seeing the culture sharing the hotel rooms and riding the literal struggle bus. But Sharika's right. As, you know, things develop, they did get like a nicer tour bus and all that. But then they talk about how they ended up eating pizza and everybody else had like the equivalent of caviar. So how are you guys feeling about about this particular part? Oh, one more thing. Can we bring back the long tees and the little slips in the side of the haircuts? Because those
1: were a vibe. I was very in to that <laughs> i'm not i was gonna say yeah. I, the hairstyle okay but the long tees i'm off the long tees i'm off the long tees
2: why not sharika they're trying to bring back the baby shorts on the men i don't love well, i don't, not the baby <laughs> shorts
1: but uh, what they call what they say hoochie daddy shorts i'm not really on that wavelength <laughs> but i i mean i'm i'm happy with a happy medium but the oversized I'm Just like we could do better. I don't, I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't like the oversized. I feel like a nice fit is good.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna say, wear the size that fits you because some <laughs> of you are wearing shirts that's way too small to Um, and it's like you just cutting off circulation in your arms right now, sir. Like you're not in the gym like that, or that size is way too small. Like you actually wear a medium, but you're trying to squeeze them in a small. But I would say for me. When I was watching it, it was was funny because even when he had said it, it's like a mixture of creativity and hip-hop music and graffiti and all of that. And it's more about style. The part that clicked with me or the connection was, that is so true. Because, like, the oohs and ahs during and one mode, that's all that mattered. Like, it wasn't necessarily about winning or losing. Now, Mm -hmm. the person who won, of course, you can say, but we won, though. Like most times that those crowds aren't listening to that. And it's kind of the same way for some of us, depending mm-hmm. on who you are. Cause I know some people only care about awards and I get that two thumbs up for you. But even sometimes when we're watching stuff, right. Like, um, like you're watching an award show and you're like that song was terrible. And that got a Grammy. Right. But it's also perception. It's also the backdoor business. It's also, this person showed up to the award show, so they have to win, or they made an agreement that the only way they would show up is to win. The other person who probably could win is not going to show up because they don't care about this award show, or we already have them winning three more awards. They don't have to win this one. They'll still go home satisfied, you know, all of those things. And it's just like, it's certain. It's some people who have won awards. It's just like, congratulations to you, your family, your team for working on that what some would deem as a masterpiece. But for me, as a fan, I'm just like, that wasn't it. Like, your other song was better than that, where I would have nominated that song for a Grammy, or this person had a better song. You know, and I don't want to mention the Kanye West and Taylor Swift and Beyonce situation. But, you know, it's those type of moments for people with the, who watch and won, where it's like, boy, did you see how he failed? Did you see that crossover? You see how he broke his ankle? you see how he made him turn around? You see how he hit him in the head with the ball. And that's the other thing. That's why a lot of some of those stuff couldn't work. Because, like, New York people, they like that flashy type mindset. They live that life. Um, but in Florida, or at least for a lot of people in the South, but I can speak specifically for Florida, it's no basketball game where it's going to be okay to hit somebody with a basketball to make <laughs> people do oohs and eyes. Like, there's nothing <laughs> about that. And also, up North, you'll see people as packed as they were to go see and one and go go to those, um, I guess you could say those outdoor courts and stuff like that. But in the South, you'll see people gather around that one drug dealer with a car on big rims with a candy paint. Mm. And it's just different cultures have different things, which is not bad. Not one is not better than the, other. well, basketball is better than selling drugs, kids. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I don't know, I'll say that, that candy <laughs> paint, that's
2: up there, that candy paint, though. <laughs> but it's just
0: the comparisons are totally different. So that's how I felt about um, his comparison, I would say, is definitely accurate. Because I think it was main event, I was probably saying that part, but I don't remember for sure.
1: So uh, the way that I thought about um about that section of the documentary, I was th- feeling good because I'm thinking, oh, they're coming up. Like they started with sharing rooms, now they're getting suites. Now they're, you know, I thought everybody was on the come up, so I'm feeling good about this part, Sabrina. I thought, you know what? Uh, They're they're doing right by the people. I I was feeling good at this part when, when I saw them getting nice seats on the plane and being able to go to all over the world. They were going to paris and all kinds of things and now was like so happy because i'm thinking these men who have been like one of the guys i think it was main event maybe or was it hot sauce one of them had literally just gotten out of jail before he got hooked up with N one so i'm thinking these men's lives are changed and they've gotten these world experiences and they got to go and do what they love which is basketball because you know it's you can barely you know it's less than one percent I'm sure of people who are play who are basketball players that actually get to the NBA. So I'm thinking, wow, these men get a chance to still do what they love, um, even though they didn't make it to the NBA. So I'm feeling good. I'm like, this is so awesome and I'm happy for them and their lives are changed by and one and and they're getting to do this amazing thing that's never been done before. And and people are receptive and people are enjoying it and loving it.
2: Yeah, I saw that. But just something my spirit was like, oh, no, oh, no, please, please don't make this <laughs> be another thing where we have to face like the racial iniquities in situations mm-hmm. like this. But I felt it in my spirit. And, you know, what? it was great. Some of them really well, a lot of them did have a come up in some way like Hot Sauce got a movie. I think Eve was in it. <laughs> I was like, OK, <laughs> like they really were doing their thing but in the back of my mind i was like what are the implications of having these three ivy league white men at the top and then mm. being like we need to find a market oh you know what's cool what these people of color are doing in their neighborhoods that's really popular we can make money off of that i was mm. just like oh i feel like this is gonna come back and then not even i couldn't even have this thought for two seconds and we hear about them meeting more talent. So they're going to take a tour, which Mm -hmm. seems good on the surface. They're going to open the opportunity for anybody to come play with the and one community and then possibly get a contract. And someone gets it. The professor is what they call like the only Mm. uh, majority on the team, young white boy. And then one of the black men who has been a part of the community for a while says anything a talented white boy can do is amplified a million times. Within our community, right? That's they said, true. you know, he went from Opie to Eminem, and <laughs> I said, not the diamond studs. Oh no, this one was really he, he. was on his um early days, Justin Timberlake, because Justin Timberlake was on that too, you know, but mm-hmm. being somewhat of a culture vulture. So. I just felt like, uh, and I also wondered, like, why is this true about our community? We will, we are so open arms. Like I think about even Iggy, right? White girl, she can rap, you know, obviously better than me. I don't have a record deal, but if one of someone from the majority does something in our community and it's even slightly good, we're like, oh, you know, da, 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 and they can really capitalize. Think Think about the Kardashians. But then if it's the other way around, country music they're still barely letting us in we're having to like they barely let Beyonce sing her little daddy lessons song so that's I was starting to feel anxious at this part and I wondered if you guys picked up on any of that
1: so I I okay I didn't I was wondering at this point oh, well, this is going so well how does this go bad? that's what I was wondering and we um one of the things that I wanted to say about Sabrina I almost look at it in an opposite way and I hope this doesn't sound bad but it might sound bad I feel like some people in our culture have low expectations for the majority they think you know they might be corny they might be you know whack and so when you see somebody with a little bit of swag or a little bit of of rhythm that they're like oh okay Johnny over here doing it I feel like it's more of that than <laughs> than anything else. So I think that is kind of why people go overboard because I feel like the expectation was very low and they're like, you know what? over you here know, got a little something, something. Let, let me make him feel good about himself. EB,
2: how did you interpret that part or did you pick up on anything at all?
0: So I picked up on it early at the beginning when I saw who was running and, <laughs> and it, was, it was funny to me. Um, and it was funny because I was just like, of course, let me let me go ahead and say this. People who know me and I, I don't even to say it. If you know me, you know me. But I would say certain things are definitely needed to just have other people with you, because um, some people naturally know certain things. They get to see the blind spots, or knowing the background history, or knowing business better than some people who are actually doing certain things. But one of the issues, or I say, I think one of the challenges that I see in a lot of people who I know, uh, and I'll say a lot of Black people, is. It's, it's as if we have a whole bunch of I don't want you to succeed if I don't succeed. Mm. Um, and and when you watch mm. And One, you saw a lot of people wanting them to succeed because they were still, they were buying, like you looked at the crowds, they were buying the merchandise, they were buying the tickets, they were at the mm. games, they were at the, like so they're there to support, right? Most mm-hmm. times. But then when basically when it hit the fan, it was just like, Somebody, I, I might be wrong, but I felt like somebody even within the culture within the community could have picked their back up and said, Hey guys, y'all can still be who y'all are. We'll, we'll start filming y'all, we'll start putting y'all in arena. I'm just thinking of high, high level athletes who used to come to this, high level entertainers, rappers, singers, um, um, movie act- like actors like any of them could have picked up the torch and from i just think in a lot of other communities i will also say that there's a lot of what we would consider gatekeeping mm-hmm. so you got the cultural brochures or the cultural appropriation but you have when basically people just take it upon themselves to decide who can and can't have access to a certain space because i would love for tom even before tom left somebody in the crew to say hey man let me teach you some of this side of this business let me help mentor you let me help coach you mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. i think there's a future in this instead of selling it and I, I would love to know like what what their deficit was and i don't know if we go into that part but to go from two hundred million to like 130 million i was like that don't sound terrible to me now i don't know what their expenses and income were but i'm like give me 130 million in sales right now like i don't again i don't know what their profit margins were but that part had got me and i'm just like
1: hey that, <laughs> that was Let me fill in the gap for the people. So yeah, another thing that happened, like Sabrina was talking about these shoes that got so popular. There was a guy on one of the three white guys that started in one, his name was Tom, and Tom was the he was the guy that was making the shoes, not the one that broke, he, the broke shoe guy. That was another guy, but Tom took over cause he had a lot of ideas and he was the one that was really making the popular shoes. Well, they didn't put all of this shoe stress on Tom and Tom didn't move over to Singapore. Tom was in the workshop. Tom was overworked and he just cracked under <laughs> the pressure, which I felt so bad for Tom. Cause that, that man was, he was like, I'm stressed. I did it.
2: And <laughs> no. you know what I thought? I said. That's what happens. And the ancestors should have, they should have paid people because the ancestors paid Tom back. Tom was making all those money off those shoes and they giving people $15,000 contracts and they're making millions. Somebody had to pay the Piper and it was Tom. <laughs> and unfortunately, Tom was still paying a day because he was looking sickly in the documentary. He His sure voice was not fully recovered. He sounded like he smoked 36. 36- I was like, Tom really went through
0: it. I'm obviously joking,
2: but he really went through it. But as the players, and we haven't gotten to that part yet entirely, but as they started talking about when they noticed the inequalities, I was like, okay, you know, one of the co-founders over there with what I'm going to call in this podcast for today, white memories, when we're just remembering what's convenient. I'm like, okay, okay. See, this is why Tom didn't feel well. And one day you're not going to feel well either, sir, because the player, he couldn't, he didn't even have enough. And remember, and one needed something to jump them off the ground. Yeah. They were selling t-shirts. Yeah. They had cool ideas, but they needed something and make no mistake. They went to the black community in those Mm -hmm. northern neighborhoods. And that was their jump off period point blank. There's no discussion there. That Mm -hmm. is exactly what happened. And when that same community said, Hey, can I get a little help? Can I get a little more so I can take care of my son like y'all were taken care of? Your parents sent you to Ivy League. Now you built this multi-million dollar business off of me. Not one, not two, hundreds, a million. And your response is you can't remember if he can- You remember when he came to you.
1: And the thing Guess was, like he said... Just like you remember when you went to that neighborhood. He said, but he would have he said, I, I don't remember that conversation, but he put up, probably would have talked to me. So I'm like, oh, so you think he would have talked to you, but you don't remember? I feel like you he sure did. You write about that, Sabrina. I was like, this don't sound right Tell to me. in
2: his eyes, Sharika, I've experienced so many white memories in my life. I could tell that he knew exactly what he was talking about and he just didn't want to... You know, he did the thing, the politically correct thing, and say, you know, I feel bad if that's really the case. It's mm-hmm. not too late, my guy. Ooh, it's not too late. I part. saw that same guy sitting on on his stoop in the neighborhood. You mm-hmm. can run him that $16,000 today with interest if you would like. I so, already knew something was going to be crazy because of the way they had them separated, too. You're telling me the three founders are these Ivy League men, and then they can't sit in the interview with none of the people who helped mm-hmm. them come up?
1: i was like mm, you're well, right about that sorry you're right i just went on a roll forget nope. forgive me needed to be said it needs to be said so tom is sickly because tom is stressed they he then got some stomach issues because they just stressed him out then they call him at like two thirty singapore time telling us where are the next ideas and this and tom said you know what i got your next ideas and you can have it <laughs> right up your mind. No, he didn't say that, but he basically said, basically I quit. he quit. He's like, I can't take this no more. Y'all stressing me and I'm over here doing the work and y'all just asking and asking and harassing and I'm done. So he quit. So then that's when the sales, like you was talking about, that's when the sales go down because now, you know, the good, the guy with the good ideas is gone. And then the men, you know, as Sabrina talking about, they start being like, hold up. We go over to the night to the management tour bus. They got filet mignon and they got all this good food, and they giving us pizza. And they said when they said that one guy threw the hot pizza in the manager, threw the pizza in his face. I laughed, I died because I said, "I wish I could." In certain situations, you just wish you could throw a hot pizza in someone.
2: No, because you know I'm the. I think Evie's in the middle, but we've talked about this before. I truly believe violence is not the answer. It really isn't. Usually what's going to happen, okay, I throw the pizza in the face. Now you're going to come back with retaliation or your family. And then my family is going to come back and it's just never ending. Um, So I wouldn't have done that, but I would have put a Tom and I joked about Tom, but I actually do have respect for Tom because Tom, he was carrying the weight of, a lot of people's work on his shoulder, he even said they knew they needed to get into this sneaker business. And when they found their way in, it was because of Tom's ideas. And so then instead of being grateful and thankful, they just pressed and pressed him. And we've all can relate to being in a work situation that got to the point where like your health is involved. Like it's stressing you so much and nothing is worth that. So I made jokes about Tom, but obviously I did feel for Tom and I was glad he got away. I just wish a lot of the other players had gotten away sooner. If I were those players, I would have gone to Nike. Now Nike, I'm going to talk trash to you too, because you're rude for stealing their idea. Like, Why does Nike have to have it all? So they had cornered this market market as street ball and Nike was really intimidated by these, you know, Nike's this huge company and these three men are like neck and neck with them basically in the culture. And so Nike's like, you know what? We'll just take their idea. And that's, that didn't help their situation either. So mm-hmm. I wish the players had gone to Nike and gotten better contracts. And I'm, ha- I was happy when Tom quit. Y'all know I'm team quit. You're not appreciated. They're running you white memories. Just quit.
1: So, the, see, the thing is, Nike was never going to take these people. And that's why I like the Jesus, idea. They were never you know? going to. They were never going. Serena. The they, were never they going did. To. They had people. Did you see that? The commercial? They, those were not, not the, the street ball people. They're not going for them. That's why the guy was like, when the guy was like, well, so he might go to one of the players, but might go to Reebok, he was like, he can go to Reebok. He said, oh, but they're not going to re- They did say that. He, <laughs> it, they're not gonna respect them, and that's the truth. Like Nike is a big corporation, and and like the guy was saying, like they're worried about offending their you know older you know white con- um, customers, and they they have a lot more people that they're trying to stay middle ground on. So they're not gonna take a chance on these hood hood guys. They're not doing that. That's why they went for NJ. They're going with big names. That with big dollars. They're not going for these guys. And some of them were making decent money, like $100,000. But that was just for the high, high level ones. But a lot of the other ones were not. E.B., I'm going to let you speak because I spoke a lot. Go ahead.
0: No, you're good. So, like, one of the things, and I know we talked about it a while ago. I think it was, I forgot who conversation it was. Um, maybe it was around that Kanye time. We were talking about the Masters. Um, buy, just buying their masters, buying their music back or whatnot. And the biggest issue with a lot of this is read the fine print. Like, n- there wasn't really much talk about a contract, mm-hmm. which that's an issue, but I'm sure there was some type of agreement that, hey, this player going to get $100,000, you are going to get 6000 or on this tour date, you're going to get X amount. Because of course, these people still had to take care of their families back home. So whether that was when they got back home, they were giving their family money, whether it they was mailing it back or doing transfers back, however they were operating, especially those who left their kids behind. They were finding ways to make sure that their family was still taken care of as they were, they were on tour and them just living their life. Now, I would agree that violence is definitely not the answer. And I probably wouldn't have thrown pizza in somebody's face um, just because that just doesn't solve it, especially throwing it in the face of the people he threw it in that could possibly lead to a lawsuit. But for me specifically, it definitely would have been me going on that bus and looking around. I'm like, I want steak and I'm just taking this food. Like, I'm not saying theft is the option, but if it's a spread that's just sitting there, I'm like, whose steak is this? Oh, well, well, oh, well, it's mine's not. Like, y'all go get some pizza in the other bus though. <laughs> like, or, like, and, and that probably would have been like the second time or maybe the third time I would have did that because the first time I'm like, hey, um, when we get to Philly, I want the same this this spread that y'all got. I want that at our next stop. Like we don't want Domino's no more. Like we don't want the corner pizza. We don't want Pizza Hut. We don't want Hungry Howie's. We don't want Little Caesars. Like we don't want that no more. And then the second time if it happened, then I probably would have took something. And the third time, it probably would have resulted in the pizza, or I would have it would have like resulted in something like me dumping the food down and getting mad at everybody, you know, stuff like that but it was just wild because these guys watch them like sell out arenas. These guys watch them have fans go crazy at the merchandising tables after games. These guys watch them have the sales go through the roof um, for their shoe sales. And, you know, like, even for me, I watch people now like celebrities who are charging like $25 for me to take a picture with you $50 for me to post you on Instagram, you know, and it's like, they could have possibly done some of those same things. But, you know, at that time, not being business savvy, of course, you're talking 20-something years ago. That's not something that was common back then because you was literally with the people and doing everything that you could to stay connected to the people. Um Now I understand it because people get to see all these rise and falls of different people's situations to make better moves. And when you don't have anybody who to, to teach you, like some of these people, like you got to skip to my Lou and Hot Sauce and are make a 100K, they're probably the first people in their family to make six figures. And probably, if I'm being real, probably the only people in their family that make those type of numbers, especially back then. Like you're talking early 2000s. Like people are busting their butt right now to get over the six figure mark. And they were doing it for something that they love. Some people are doing it after degree, after degree, after certificate, after certificate, after work experience, after work experience. And then it's like, ah, I'm making it. But this is if I had a dream job, this probably wouldn't be it. You know, now some people are in their dream job making those um amounts of money but it's just it's just wild that that's the way that they were treated by literally just a small few individuals
1: so, and i then, guess
0: the other part so- that i would say and i'll wrap up with this on that one would be like i think part of the issue for some of them is knowing that they're replaceable like watching how people got onto the tour going from city to city just grabbing like you know the professor doing the little tournament type thing one person get to move on to the next city like it's streetball people everywhere right because they're going to play other streetball people it's not like they were always playing with each other now sometimes they were playing against each other in these big arenas and making like you know seven eight man teams on one side against seven eight on the other and then just you know causing that tension and that frustration in locker rooms and we saw some of that in the documentary but it was if you don't want to do it i'll find another street player And I think that would hinder some of them because they love playing the game of basketball and they love putting on the show for people. Um, But getting to that point where you see your start, you start getting, I guess, taken advantage of. um, And it's something that I'll always say, but just remember, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated.
1: That part. When they went to Madison Square Garden, like that is a huge, huge arena. Like they're doing these kind of numbers. That's the stuff that they're talking about. And so I think what happened to them is literally something I was thinking about with my own life last week sometimes you what you think will happen and the reality are two different things you're thinking and these men are thinking you know I'm working so hard I'm getting them all this money and you know like as Sabrina saying they're building this off my back I'm the one that's out there I'm the one that's on the court making the moves that's drawing the crowd in and, and that's this is why they got the money that they're getting you would think this is what they're thinking, that they're going to, okay, we started low, but now that we're doing more and 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 the more people are coming and more people are buying, that they're going to appreciate that what I brought to this organization or this company, they're going to think that they're going to appreciate that. And they're also going to increase what they're paying. But the business is, oh, we got you for cheap. And we just going to keep going, even though you're bringing the money in, the business mindset is to, we got you for cheap and we're just going to keep paying you cheap because then we can make more profit. And that's the part that just broke my heart because I was like, I'm rooting for you, one, You're the little guy doing good for the little people. Unlike Nike, who's this big company and they're going for it for Michael Jordan, who already got all kind of money and you're giving him even more money and making more money off of his back. And one, you guys are the little guys. You're getting these street uh, ballers and you're giving them this new life and this experience and you're putting money in their pocket. I'm thinking you're going to do right by the people. And you just turned out to be just the same old people doing the same old thing. And it and it is heartbreaking. And like, I'm sure these men were uneducated and they, you know, and a lot of think times people think that the, you're doing so well that it's always going to be well. So I'm sh- doubtful that maybe these men were not always saving or preparing for the end. Some of them was buying cars and doing all these things. And so when it ended, it ended terribly. So what happened in the end was that um, you know once this, the money started going down after Tom left, my, Nike then gave them a run for their money. Then they were like, you know what? Uh, let's cut our losses while we still can. So they so they secretly well not secretly but I guess secretly they quickly sold and won the three guys or the other two guys because Tom was gone, and basically afterwards, they finally told the players, oh, yeah, it's not going to look like it used to, and they didn't even have the decency to really tell their main players and the people that they really built this company off of, they didn't even have the decency to tell them, you know, what, what it was. They literally woke up and one day didn't have a job. Anymore.
0: There you go, you, When that part
1: happened,
0: I die laughing. What? <laughs> and I say I die laughing, because, boy... People who know me, some days I ain't gonna even lie to you. And I tell this to my supervisor who I got now. I tell this to my past supervisor and everybody who listening, you can go tell whoever you know. Because, boy, if EB ever exit, that's probably the way I'm gonna exit my current job. How? I don't want to talk. Just hit it. I, I can't sell the business. <laughs> you <laughs> would like, not, EB. Uh,
2: you are so connected. Yeah. You would not do a I was here, now I'm gone. Oh,
0: man, you gonna cut up. Uh, Sh- Sh- Sharika worked at HR. Sharika gonna text you one day be like tell me why eb office empty i'm gonna be at the next spot chilling. <laughs> and am like eb you coming in i'm like oh no nah, i was hearing rumblings that y'all was thinking about letting me go so i just i went ahead and help i went ahead and help y'all y'all said y'all y'all thinking about budget cuts you ain't gotta worry about me no more. i'm good <laughs> um but now nah, i did have a conversation just and this is a little off subject but i had because somebody was asking me you know and somebody who we i don't say who we all love well we love because jesus tell us to somebody who we all know let me say that somebody who we all know was asking what do you do day to day? And me being Hawaii, I'm like, you can come chill with me for a day. and We can rock out together, but I, know I don't that. know how they explain that's right. it. Like, I, I, I love on people, and I stay connected to the people, but you can you can kick it with me for a day. What you got coming up this weekend? I'm like, I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm like, oh. I'm like, yeah, that's like just about every week for me. Like, it ain't, it ain't no coasting. I say, some of your other people might do that, but you can go have a conversation with them. But I don't know if you was trying to run up on me on like, you need something, or what's going on. But I was just like, and then I had to ask somebody else, be like, hey, man, have y'all been talking funny? And they were like, well, you know, they just trying to figure stuff out. And I'm like, all right, well, just give me a heads up because y'all probably going to mm. get one for me because if mm. this is how y'all rocking, I don't want to come to work one day and you just be like, we no longer need you. So that's the only reason some days I do feel like I would be how the boys was where you just hit it because I know they're not going to do that to me. They're not going to hit me with a, hey- Um, in December, we're going to have to cut you. You're going to do that. They're They're going to be like,
2: like, everybody report at 10 a.m. to the chapel, (laughs) by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I personally at this place would not do that, but there was one time and I was not in work, but I was, I'm just going to, I was in school. Let's just say that. And if y'all know me, I didn't go to traditional college. Let's just say that. So read between the lines and figure that out. I was there and I would tell my friend, you know what? One day y'all gonna come to my room and I will be, I will be leaving in the heat of the night. (laughs) I and I met that with all of my heart. I literally I already had I literally was like, you know what? If people keep on acting the fool, y'all will come up here and I won't be here and nobody will know why. My friend was like, Please give me a heads up. I'll be like, I will be on my way home. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm out, but I'm not giving no y'all will I will be like I will be like a ghost and I will disappear. And I felt that. So I've been I've been in that place. I'm not in that place now. I wouldn't do that now, but there have been times where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I could not be here anymore and just be gone. But so mm-hmm. the rise and the fall of N1, it was a roller coaster. It was to say the least. And that and that drop off at the end was a drop. It was a doozy. Them For them, man, it I felt bad. It
2: was a doozy.
1: I felt so bad for them. EB's laughing, but I was like, dang. They were like, oh, oh it's over, over, oh, over, over. And them, you know them, them founders. They done collected their check and is off living their best life, and left them people destitute High and
0: dry.
2: Didn't High even have dry. the the decency to face them and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so somebody that, else tells.
0: I would say that was part that really threw me off because it's just like. And that's one of the things for everybody, right? Message to the people. Um, if you're someone who's leading a business or leading a team or leading an organization, like what is your legacy when you leave? Because for these guys, mm-hmm. it's not always mm-hmm. be You flaw, you disrespectful. Like you couldn't even face me as, forget as a man, right? Because I know sometimes like as a man, like man to man, like as another human being, as mm-hmm. another person, like even, even if you did sell it, right? You could have just said, hey guys, um, we're meeting at headquarters tomorrow. Just a heads up. We love you guys because I'm just thinking, one, either one, how much they sold it for, two, how much money was already sitting in the bank account, three, how much you took advantage of these people for, you know, all of those like, hey, guys, we are selling it. Um, all of our merchandise is going to a company. Um, our current account looks like this, or even if you want to be that transparent, but as a payout, since we we was thinking yes. about tour this upcoming year, here's a basically here's a severance because I know yes, people I de- a lot say. of jobs definitely do that. But it was exactly. none of that. And that, that part was just wild because I'm pretty sure even that would have been a like, dang, it's still messed up. Y'all sold it because I thought this was my livelihood for the next 10, 15 years because I know I would never make it to the NBA. Right. Like, I thought I was going to be good. But I appreciate you for having this conversation um, with me or with us in that part. A phone call, even like, even if you ain't want to meet face to face, like, you got, I know you got these guys' numbers. And that just, that was wild. But it was funny because of how it happened because it's just like, if you think about the streets, and I'm thinking about the hood, for me, like that happened every day in the hood. Like people who run off on the plug, people who get off on they connect. Like I'm not calling you to tell you that I'm not working with you no more. We're not grinding together no more. Or I'm not making this flip or this sell with you. So these guys, in the best way, are accustomed not make it doesn't make it right, but accustomed to being abandoned by people. It's just you don't expect it when it's people you are a business with and people who you probably would have been a little more honorable or had better morals um, with than they did to you type of of deal.
2: I mean, he said it at the end. One of their original players was like, they just didn't respect us. Yeah, they appreciated what we could do for their company, but they didn't respect us. And that's the part that kind of hurt my soul, especially when the guy who had the white memories was like, oh, yeah, in hindsight, we should have considered them as employees. I was like, WTC? They weren't even considered employees? so they couldn't even get a piece of the stock or anything so what were they contract I, well well, that makes talent. sense because they had contracts but slave yeah I'm like they were <laughs> quote
1: unquote talent <laughs> talent Help, but e. AKA I, my stomach my stomach stuck
0: what? they were slaves <laughs> were working for massive
2: Ouch! Ouch! I mean, if they were slaves, Tom had to be an indentured servant. Because Tom got, Tom got, it got it too. <laughs> they they worked poor a little Tom to the bone, and when and when they got set free, they were like, "Okay, I guess we're not gonna do this anymore." And that tells you how lazy they were. They said, "I guess we'll just give it up." Yeah, we that's ain't got time. Exactly uh, so Sharika and Evie, if y'all don't have any more co- comments, I'll go ahead into my quote for this episode
0: i would say for me my last comment on this situation and i i mentioned earlier just as much as you can people um especially those of you who are coming into the uh, i guess you could say the professional world of being a young professional or working with other people or even sometimes even with your family because sometimes families have tough situations that they have to work out but try your best just to have everything in writing black and white um, Mm -hmm. can be your best Mm -hmm. friend um just even recently helping one of our and I say one of ours because um, just helping a young adult out work out a situation where funding was promised to them. And because we decided to put it in an email, a person tried to have selective amnesia and was like, we never had that conversation. And people who know me, I screenshot everything. And I just went back to that thread and say, well, actually, we had this conversation on April the 6th of this year. So if you can help me follow up with this individual, that would be great. If you don't want to, I will be glad to contact your supervisor. I would prefer not to go that route, but I will be willing to go that route because I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that this person who looks like me um, get the, I guess you could say, the education that they deserve with the funding that you promised out of your mouth to them. So just keep everything in writing as much as you can go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated Mm. and do what you care to stand up for yourself because not uh, other people won't always stand up for you.
1: Yes. My words are put yourself in a position that when they say go, you, you are happy to do so. Basically don't put all your eggs in their basket. Already start squirreling some eggs away for a rainy day. Because any day they might snatch that basket up and all your eggs is on the ground smashed. So uh, prepare yourself in all, in all ways as possible, as 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 much as you possibly can for the day that you may not be where you thought you was going to be. That's what I got to say. And that's the part.
2: I think one of the encouraging things we can take from the documentary is from two of the original players at the end. They're having this conversation where we respected and it goes to that shot at the beginning when the one guy just takes a long drag of his blunt. I don't advocate smoking, but something about moments like that, they resonate with me. I guess I can get where that comes from because there is so much angst with it. He just didn't have the words. And so his comrade says, but you know what? At the end of the day, to paraphrase, the bad doesn't supersede the experience. And I love that. Mm
1: -hmm, Because mm
2: -hmm. they could be bitter to this day and all of that. But he talked about walking down the street with his son, the same son that didn't get the help from them. And people's coming up to him to this day being like, hey, do you know who your dad is? And he goes on to say, like, we will always be and one are the players from An one the talent from AN one and that's huge and I think about my own life and I think about some of your life listeners we all have real things in our life that are really really crappy people situations whatever but the way we can move forward and you know we joked about live laugh love earlier is to really focus on that good because what the bad doesn't it's not going to serve you it's not going to change anything. They still pretty much lost their jobs without even a head nod from the people who, you know, made money off of them. But he's focusing on the good that happened and he's holding on to that. And because of that, he can be in this documentary and talk about all of it and focus, focus on those good memories, too. And I just felt like oh, that was so such a refreshing way to end it all. So that's all I got. EB, what are you expounding on today?
0: Today, I am, it was something I wasn't going to experiment on, but we might save it for a future episode because it's a lot that goes into that conversation. But I'm just expounding on the fact that it's funny how specific people find a way to bash one thing when it doesn't align with their political, I guess you say their political beliefs or allegiance, and then they basically just turn the other way when their political allegiance or the side that they prefer, I guess you could say, or they vote for their party lines does the same exact thing. But don't even bat an eye, don't even say anything about it. And that's what I, I I don't like when it comes to like equality, equity for people. Like if there's an issue about something, let's be consistent with that issue. Um And I won't go into every detail of every situation, but one that sometimes triggers me the wrong way. Um, is one that many of us, we always talk about, and I say not we, but people always talk about it as a world, we talk about it a lot, but abortion, right? Um, for I don't have to tell you what side po- politically people are on, but people who vote one way, they say that you can do whatever you want. People who vote another way said that it's this. But then on people on one side says that I have, in a, uh, I guess, a Second Amendment to protect my property, protect my peace, to protect my surroundings, and I get to bear arms, and I get to basically kill whoever I want when I want. And those type of moments just always frustrate me. Or when we see school shooting after school shooting or movie theater shooting or just festival shootings or just last the last week of August, we saw a 20-year-old who killed two people and injured a few others at an Oregon grocery store. And it's just like, like why not the uproar about people who are defenseless and people who can't protect themselves and just innocent lives dying? And then it dawns on me. Of course, we can't say anything about that because our political beliefs tell us that we can have our firearms and we can do whatever we want with it that we feel necessary. But then when other people do what they choose to do, it seems to be like World War III. And my message is mainly for church people. And I say mainly because other people, not that I don't have a message for you, but you're gonna live how you wanna live anyway. But my message to church people is, the more and more you become inconsistent on the things that you consider injustice or sinful in this world, I just want to caution you that on judgment day, you'll have a rude, rude awakening. God sees all these ebbs and flows of your inconsistency. God sees these ups and downs. God sees your allegiance to political allegiance more than heavenly allegiance. Like He didn't call you to be a citizen of a nation. He called you to be a citizen of heaven. He called you to be an ambassador for Christ, not an ambassador for a political party. My word of wisdom to you today, and my expounding falls at this point. May your ways in your words be one. I'm going to say it one more time. May your ways in your words be one. Your inconsistent walk of imitating Jesus will not get you into heaven. That's all I got for you today. What are you guys recommending for the people?
1: So today, my recommend, I've been on, I was doing the Netflix thing this weekend. My recommend is a a little movie I saw on Netflix called Look Both Ways. And it's about this young woman. Um, She has a a bit. Has an uh, encounter with a young man and, uh, she's at the moment where she finds out, is she gonna, is she pregnant or is she not pregnant? And it basically chronolog, chronol it basically goes through her life. Y'all, yeah, the words. Okay. But anyways, it goes through her life. If it went one way and she got pregnant and if it didn't go that way and she did, wasn't pregnant. So, and it goes back and forth and it was a very interesting concept and the ending, I really enjoyed the ending of I was wondering, how are you going to wrap this up? And it ended well, interestingly enough. So that's my recommend, look both ways on Netflix.
2: Love it, love it. I'm going to stay in line with my recommends from last time and where I recommended a book and I'm going to recommend another book. It's Where the Crawdads Sing. You may have heard of it because the movie that they made based off of the book has been out in theaters probably for about three or four weeks now. It's set in one of the best states ever, my home state, North Carolina. And it's just a reminder of making sure we connect with the humanity in everyone, even if they're different from us, even if we can't understand their background, etc, etc. It's a beautiful story. I'm probably describing it horribly but I thought it was very well written and I love a book where I can't see all the twists and turns and you truly can't well I couldn't in this book so check out the book or I guess the movie where the crawdad scene Evie what are you closing us out
0: I am closing you out with a lovely recommend it is called me time and it is on Netflix it's what the one the only Kevin Hart Regina Hall and Mark Wahlberg and some other people but it's just talking about basically the life of Kevin Hart or a single dad who finally gets some me time where his wife and his kids are away. If you down with, I guess, just funny films or you like laughing, um, this is a nice film to watch as you think about your lovely month of September. I know for some people, it's getting closer and closer to that fall vibe for you guys. And depending on just what your daily life looks like, you might have some downtime this week or next week or just sometime this month where you just say hey this is what we're gonna do as a family because you need some me time or maybe you're not gonna watch it with a family because you say i don't need none of y'all here and i'm gonna watch me time on my own but that's what i got for you hopefully you enjoy it it's a funny i, I say i think i gave it like a seven out of ten maybe an eight um just because i know sabrina you just talked about how you like you like movies where you can't figure out what's going on. It was kind of a little bit predictable, and I don't know if that's because I watch Kevin Hart a lot, but it was it was low key kind of predictable. Um, also, as we talking about Kevin Hart, um, I know they dropped before the actual date but september the 15th kevin hart is in tampa but one of my friends one of our friends somebody who all three of us i would say consider a big brother but dr adley charles and his beautiful bride they can't make it so he is selling his tickets so for those of you who listen to the kickback you're in the tampa area or you know somebody in the tampa area and you're like i want to go see kevin hart or you have a friend who's in the tampa area who might want to see kevin hart because the tickets are sold out so they can't buy none anyways um hit up one of us three we'll connect them with adley get these tickets off of dr charles hands that's all i got for the people and as always wait, Eb, before, always, you, before
1: you close it eb i got to let you clear i'll mm-hmm. let you fix something that you said because i want the people coming for you you said that this movie was about a single dad and then you said his wife don't don't do the lady oh woman. not
0: a single dad okay my please. bad it he is a father. It's about a dad who has some single or alone time on his own.
1: He, he's a but he's, he's a, married. Stay at home. He's dad. married.
0: That's what exactly what he is. He's a stay at home dad. I said a single dad. That's why. But I also said wife. See, thank you for catching that. I,
1: I appreciate
0: you. you. Well, as always, for those of you who me- make less than one hundred and twenty five k, don't pay back them loans. Okay. no loans. I' just wait. <laughs> <fair. laughs> might be a future conversation for the kickback family. But as always, if life tries to knock you down or if the government try to hit you with some taxes and uppercut you, make sure you kick back. Until next time.